0: I want the world, yeah I want the world Best in the biz, about that time when you know what it is Coming from Brooklyn, bringing that truth Never gonna lie, never gonna lose Always on top, keeping it steady He'll make you tap out and you won't be ready He got the suplex, breaking your back Now everyone in the world gonna listen to Taz Ah yes, welcome Jobbers. welcome to the Taz Show Hope everybody's good, hope everybody's good uh, So thank you for uh, downloading this episode as usual on the uh, Apple podcast or radio.com uh, or the radio.com app. It's very much appreciated at all as always I should say. As you guys know, I love you guys. I love you all like your family members kind of but you know you get the drift. Uh, so anyway, what's cooking? What's cracking? What's going on? Um, so we're gonna do a little uh, NXT uh, UK WWE NXT UK gimmick. From uh, this was the first show they did, the first episode of NXT UK, on, uh, off from October 17, twenty eighteen. So uh, I'll chat this up. I'll go into it a little bit. I watched uh, I watched the whole de- the whole dealio. So I'll get into. Uh, a lot of it um, So a couple things uh, First off the, with the um, 1000 Smackdown episode as you guys know I wasn't there and then Mike Johnson and I talked about it I actually did not watch the show I did not watch the show um, Because um, I didn't feel like it If they weren't going to support me being there I'm not going to support them So I didn't watch it um, But I did a little research and heard that they basically if Maybe I'm wrong on this you guys could tweet me But I don't think that Michael Cole called it anything I don't think JBL was there I, So I, if that's true because I don't read reports and sh- and shit like that, so if if Michael Cole didn't call anything on a show, that's a little crazy. I don't understand. I don't get why you would uh, do that. Where you have the guy who called just about all of them, I mean, and, and he's in the building backstage producing the announcers, you know, I, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, so then I'm maybe not as offended not that I lost slept over there or not that I lost, not that I lost sleep over this, I should say, but you know, but anyway, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time talking, but I just figured I'd point that out. I just thought that was a little crazy. Um, but it seemed like a lot of you guys liked the show. We put a poll up. It seemed like most of you guys did like the SmackDown 1000. So that's good. Um, now as long as you guys liked it, you know what I mean. So that's cool. So uh, WWE NXT UK. Um, so look, I like I like the show. I did. Um, I'm gonna get it some, into some stuff here. First off, the building they were, they were in, um, the the look of the building and the, the whole ambiance of the building, um, the way it was lit, the whole thing. I, you know, it was spectacular. The building part was very, very cool. It looked like something. It was in Cambridge, England, and it looked like something you would see in the UK. Uh, like you would think of when you think of England. You know, it, it almost looked like kind of like you know, inside like ca- like you were in a castle with some cool lighting. It was just it was cool shit. It was a cool looking. I don't know what this building is. I mean, I I've never been there. I've been. I think I've been to Cambridge. I've never been to this building. Had the balconies and shit, and like this cool cement work around it. It looked really cool, and it had a lot of red lights on it. It looked very demonic and mean. Um, They did the ring um, with red ropes and black turnbuckles. I I think that's what Raw is. I never really paid attention. I think that's Raw. Um, And their colors are the the NXT UK. The colors are gold, like a metallic gold, black with red. Um, So I guess they didn't want to do gold ropes because they didn't want to be like NXT. Um, I would have done all black, my, my opinion, I would have done black ropes with this, um, red reminds me of Raw, I would have done red ropes, um, couple of things, I, um, you know, the first voice, if my memory serves me the f- correctly on this, the first voice we heard was the play by play guy who's American, uh, and didn't sound like he was from the UK, <laughs> I thought that was odd, uh, and that's the kid, uh, I think his name is Vic Joseph, and I thought that was odd, um, I would have went with a a, a Brit as the play by play guy, and that's fine. I got Nigel McGuinness doing the color commentary. Um, that's perfect. I would have had two. Two people from the UK, uh, the play by play and the color commentator for sure. I would have, um, they had a backstage interview, uh, a young guy with kind of like a fro. They didn't lower third of him, I don't know what his name was to be honest. If it, there was a lower third for his name, I missed it and they really didn't. I don't think the announcer said his name. Uh, he sounded like a Brit, which was good. Um, I think you need that full throttle, you need the whole brand to be, you know, um. Make me. I, I believe the referees definitely from from the UK. Um, I don't. I didn't recognize many of them. Uh, the ring announcer was not sure of his name either. Um, <laughs> but I got to be honest. This looked like a show that was the way they put it together. For the first time, WWE NXT UK. I got to be honest. I, I think it was on a lower budget. Um, I like the look of it. And what I mean by that is the main thing for me that why it screamed to me lower budget was and that's taking nothing away from the wrestlers or the feel of the show. Um and Johnny Saints the GM of it, which I think is good. Um which I do think and I, I love William Regal, he's the man and he does a great job on NXT, but I almost think you gotta kinda like either not because you got you got, you know, <laughs> You got two two dudes, you know, from the UK uh, as the GMs of both shows, and one's NXT, the other one's NXT UK. It's kind of odd, unless they shoot an angle one day or something where it's like, you know, I don't know, Johnny Saint and Regal are not going to be wrestling each other anytime soon. You are know, both older the guys. I, I don't know. I just don't think they should have had. Uh, I think Regal does great work behind the scenes there with with, with the talent, and you could still have. I just wouldn't. It, I just think it would be. I don't know. It, you know, when you hear William Regal and you hear, see him and hear him talk, he's great. Obviously, we love him, but you know, he's, he is who he is. He's, he's, he's from Blackpool, England. <laughs> so, you know, but anyway, um, a low budget. So the reason why I'm saying it's a little bit of a lower budget, I'm not saying, like, shitbox budget. I'm saying a little bit lower budget is because of the announcers. And what do I mean by that? I'll tell you. They're doing it on camera in front of a fucking green screen in the studio, I think. I mean, they were not there. Uh, they should have been ringside. Um... They weren't there. They had the logo behind them. It was green screened. I mean, it was. I'm just being frank. I mean, this is just being honest here. <laughs> they, they they didn't fly those guys in. I guess it's easy for them just to, sh- to tape a shitload of matches. Look, this has happened in wrestling a zillion times. I've done it in TNA. I've done it in WWE. Um, for secondary shows in WWE, SmackDown, Michael Cole and I were always at the show. You know, we were always most of the times always at the show and shot on cameras and called the matches live to tape. You know, even though we weren't live then, we called the matches live tape. Then we would do some voiceover edits the next day, so it would air on Thursday and or Friday, whenever it changed, you know. Um so those are st- the thought for me is like, look, if it's the first fucking show out of the box, WWE NXT UK and it's a big deal, we should spare no expense. You gotta fly the announced talent to the building. They should be in the ring or on cam or ringside and so we know they're there. Uh, not in front of a green screen, not in front of a logo. You know, it just shouldn't be done like that. And I don't, and I do think the play-by-play guy is the main voice of any wrestling show or sporting event, or boxing, or um, if you're watching or football. Um, you know, whatever you're watching, you know, the, the lead voice is the play-by-play voice. And in this case, it's it's American guy. You know, I just don't think that's smart. I mean, I'm sure there's a plethora of Brits that do play-by-play that are great and that could do this with their eyes closed and would love an opportunity to work for WWE. Um, So the WWE is very dialed into the, you know, the UK scene in the wrestling industry for quite some time. They do a great job recruiting talent and they got a bunch of excellent talent that was on this fucking card. And that's part of this brand. I just think that you got to have the right voice. Uh, and I also think you got to have those fucking guys ringside. It's just, I'm just saying, that's just, especially the first show. Like I said, I did it with TNA, I did it with WWE, but you know what? The first show, man, you got to set that tone. You know, you got to, they got to be there. I, just my view. If they were there, then I, I don't know why they weren't around a live audience. Unless I missed something in this one hour show, I saw them a couple times on camera mcginnis and and joseph in front of the logo of which i'm just about 99.99 percent sure was green screened so um anyway that that's just my critique on that um as far as the the in-ring stuff it was excellent i i, I liked most of the matches um i, I did i i definitely like most of the matches um i'm not gonna sit here and, and be like negative on a lot of the talent um you know uh, the the first match was the Coffee Brothers. Well, it wasn't both Coffee Brothers. One one was wrestling; the other one was uh, ringside. Uh, Darn next like, second and his brother uh, was Joe Coffee, and he wrestled uh, Mark Andrews, Andrews, who uh, you know I remember him TNA and stuff. But he's tremendous talent, and uh, I, they, they had a good match. Um, Andrews definitely. You know, I don't know how long Joe Coffee's working. So, Bob Magnus, he's a big, thick, powerful-looking dude. Um, looks good. You know, it looks looks the part. I think he's got to get a little more polished in the ring uh, I did enjoy the match uh, Joe Coffey won the match They showed some B-roll earlier of why this match took place um, You know, and I, I thought it was I thought it was a good match um, I'm not going to sit there and say it was the most amazing match I've ever seen in my entire life But it was a good match um, Both guys know what they're doing And, and I thought it was good um, In the post-match, they had Flash Morgan Webster, he came out to save Andrews because the Coffey brothers were beating the shit out of Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster came out. Now, the thing was, if you didn't know who Flash Morgan Webster was, the announcers kind of said his name quick and it was tough to understand what they said. It was kind of weird. So I think you got to be clarified. You got to figure there's a shitload of new viewers watching this NXT UK. There's a bunch of fans all over the world, and, and, and namely here in America, that might not know who these guys are. Uh, fans, and so you, you gotta ID guys the right way, and you got. I just think you gotta feel like you're getting a bunch of new viewers to the UK scene. You know what I mean? And and I think they could have done a better job as that the company as a whole. Um, Mustache Mountain, they threw down the gauntlet. They, they, they didn't ring promo. It was quite a while. It was they for the, the the what do you call it for the NXT UK tag team competition? Um, and Mustache Mountain's great. You know everybody likes them. You know they, they you know really they, they do a good job. Um, uh, you know, like those guys for sure. Tyler Bate, uh, you know, he's the kid, who I think he won the title at like the first UK title and like 19 years old or something. So I think he's probably what 20 now, or 21, whatever he is now. And Trent sevens, a very good worker. And they got the big beards, bearded mountain, not mustache mountain, but they, uh, and they got like the wannabe Ribera jackets. It's kind of a joke what they're wearing, but in a, I'm saying that like in a funny, sarcastic way. Um, but anyway, um, uh, you know, it, it, it's good to see those guys. I like those two guys. Um, but that wasn't a match. it was just a promo, and it was quite a while. It was kind of a long promo and and, and I think it was Trent seven who said this is our brand meaning the u k fans and wrestlers it says ours and and that's cool. I think that's good i they should do that i It felt right, you know what I mean it did um but I, I, I like that. I definitely like that, uh, having them cut that promo. Of course, people who watched the first UK, um, that, that one event where Michael Cole and I think McGuinness were calling the action. I can't remember the actual name of it, whatever the hell it was, the tournament. Um, they remember like, these cats from there. So I, I thought it was good. And they got a great reaction there in Cambridge, uh, did Trent Seven and Tyler Bate for sure. So um, And like I said, they gave him a lot of time. They did give them a lot of time in the promo. They they did so, which uh, it was it was nice to see because you know you want to you want to get these guys over again for all the newer viewers that maybe aren't familiar with these people, um, but they, they I thought they did well well and swell with that. How about that? Um, they did a good amount of B roll in here to catch people up on stuff. Um, you know they did do that. They they showed some B roll. No Noam, uh, Noam Dar. Uh was he able to get it from last June when he was able to get an opportunity now for this match that happened in this event that I'm talking about. Uh I'll get into that in a little bit with, with uh, Pete Dunne, uh the champion there. You know what I mean? And they did some stuff, the typical stuff shown Norm Daw backstage warming up, showing Pete Dunne backstage warming up, and that's good. And the building looks gritty, it looks grimy, which is cool. It looked older. Um, but it was good. So they did a lot of that stuff. Then they went um what well, kind of a, squ- a quasi squash match for the most part? With um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm over here choking. I didn't drink. Uh, bring my my water with me when I'm doing my little gimmicks. Sid uh, Sid Scala, uh young man, uh, not too familiar with him, um, but they had him. Uh, they had him get in there and work with big man, um, who was like. You know, we've seen him before. You guys know who he is. I I, I remember even some stuff with uh what they were doing stuff with TNA with Jeremy Borsch doing stuff. Big Dave Mastiff, who's a big, big dude, man. Um he's he's well over three hundred plus pounds. And um and he just basically ate up Sid. But the thing was, like, it was um I, I got to say, I talk about Dave Massa real quick, he's um, the bomber, right? They call him the bomber, which I like that. You know, he, he he does, first off, one of the things he does later in the match is this big-ass cannonball, which he does great, When the guy's in the corner, just runs and does like a flip into the guy. And, and for a man that heavy and big, he, he definitely moves really well. Um, he did a big release German suplex in the match, like, you know, dominant, very dominant, very mean, big thick heavy you know it doesn't seem like he's ultra tall uh i think i did like a pre-tape with him and a few guys at the studio in nashville for tna with um was a handful of guys there from the uk young guys and he was one of them jb set it up when we were working there together and i was doing voiceovers there and i can't remember what it was I don't remember, but you guys probably know better than me. But regardless, I, I, I remember I'm meeting him there. But he's they did something cool with him when he was walking out, Dave Mastiff. They, they sh- have the camera shoot his lower legs like they show him walking. And they did something else that was very interesting. And Now, I don't remember this ever being done in wrestling. I'm sure it's been done, but I can't recall it. While he was walking to the ring, they had the camera shaking, like he's so big and heavy, like he's moving the world, you know? It's a cool idea, but then once he started walking up the steps, he, he was stomping up the steps, steps, walking, and I think they stopped moving the camera. Now, what I would do, I'd do it the opposite way. When he's walking out, I wouldn't do that shit with the camera. I'd shoot his legs, but I wouldn't do the shaking thing. But when he goes up the steps and I tell him to stomp up those steps, then I do the camera shake thing. Less is more in my opinion with that. You watch, mark my words. They'll switch that. <laughs> they will switch what I just told you. But anyway, he was dominant over Sid Scala. He did a big delayed vertical suplex, like held him in the held him in the air for a while. And he just, you know, outweighs this kid Scala by a shitload of weight. And he took his time. He stalked him a lot in the ring. You know, he, he did a couple of cool double chops to his chest. Like, he was, he was dominant. He's, and the people were buying in. They knew Mastiff. You know, he, he just big. And this kid, Sid Scala, did a great job. He sold his ass off. He took a big-ass beel bump and sold it like crazy. I remember that for sure. You know, and this guy up. he tries to do some different things. He did a spot where he was trapping his arm behind Sid Scala's arm behind him, like and I thought he was gonna go for like my cross faces that I didn't he didn't. He did like back elbows into the guy's face. I thought that was cool. Something different, something a little original, you know, and, and I like that. He's got his own style and feel. And they kept and they were smart to how they worked out the match. Sid Scala kept trying to fight back, but to no avail, obviously. And then it was like amazing when, and the place popped when Big Mastiff did this drop kick, dude. I was like, wow, some bitch got some athleticism. It was very impressive. And then the end was, there. I think then he, I think then he hit the German, and then he went into his uh, the cannonball gimmick. Uh, I think that's what he did then. But it was, it was kind of quick, but it was good. You got to – it was a good spotlight and a good showing. For uh, for Big Master, the bomber, for sure I, I I thought it was good I liked the way they displayed him um, I thought he came off well um, Oh, one thing in my notes He hooked a leg You don't need to hook a leg, Big Dave you, you fucking eat a guy up like that Don't hook his fucking leg There's no reason to hook his leg Just fucking lay your big ass body on him and pin him Don't Don't even hook his leg There's no need It's, it's, you you don't need to do like wrestling stuff. You're you're a big fucking brawling, bombing son of a bitch. Don't, don't, don't do that. But, um, but anyway, but I, I did, I enjoyed that. I, I thought it was good. Um, I thought it was a good look for him for sure. Um, yeah. And again, like I said, I kept, my eyes kept going to the lighting. I'm thinking now that maybe they should have backed off a little bit on the uh the red lighting it was it was cool like on on the building in inside the building it kind of took my eyes to it off the match a little bit that maybe i'm overthinking i could be nitpicking a little bit but you know that definitely happened oh and the other thing i should have said at the top of this when talking about the show the song uh that they use is pretty cool it it feels young and and feels uk-esque um uh, it's a song called dusted by these guys asteroid boys so I, I got to shout those guys out. Don't know those fucking dudes, but the, the song's cool for this show. I, I liked it. It's not my taste of music, but it fit. It definitely fit this show and that young feel and stuff like that. So, you know, I thought that was good. Um, uh, You know, they, 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 they and I'll get to the rest of the match in a second, but they, they're on to something here with this for sure. And in defense to them and Triple H, whoever's running this thing, I, I, I think it's just, you know, Maybe I'm being a little hard on them It's the first one, but I don't know. I, I just, you got to make that first impression, meaning with the announcers I'm still stuck in that, that, that green screen thing. I'm still, I'm sorry. I am. <laughs> I just, I can't help myself. Uh, next match we saw was Tony Storm. She wrestled Nina Samuels. And, um, I, I like these two girls. I do. I like these two girls, um, uh, and one thing I got to say, the announcers did a good job on most of the matches, especially in this, this female match, where they gave a lot of backstory and told you who they were. Like, you know, I thought that was cool. Like Samuel, she was wearing pink and black, and they said that she's wearing that in respect to WWE Hall of Famer, Bret the Hitman Hart, and, you know, she's a big fan, blah blah. I thought that was cool. I mean, they did they did their homework. They gave a lot of backstory, uh, not just in the female match, but I, I a lot of it stuck out to me in that match. And that's the job of the announcer. So Joseph and and McGinnis did a good good job there for sure. And the way they called action was fine too, for the most part. I thought it was. Um, uh, but uh, and the Tony um, Tony so back to the match now. Tony Storm, this girl's got some look. The way she comes out, she had like this biker jacket, this leather jacket, on with spikes on it, and these shades, and like eye black, and a hat backwards. Pretty blonde girl, and she's. Athletic looking for sure, but she's got a lot of confidence and she comes out like like a badass chick I mean, that's how she came off and she she felt that way. I mean, so it was cool I mean she felt exuberant. She felt young. She felt fiery You know, you could tell she was the baby face for sure. There was no hiding that uh, and these two girls, they, 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 they had a good match. I mean, for the most part, I thought they did. I mean, you know, I, I, um, Samuels is a little greener, I believe, uh, it, it was in Washington, Nina Samuels seemed a little bit greener, uh, for sure, but you could tell, uh, I think they were saying that Nina Samuels had, um, an, uh, an acting background, I believe if memory serves me and. You could see that in her facial expressions and her mannerisms, for sure, the young lady in, in pink and black. Um, very good, though. I mean, very, I mean, I should say, very very big future for her. And these two did work well together. I thought they had a good chemistry together uh, with each other. And, and the match felt right. Um, you know, I mean, you kind of had the feeling Tony Stone was going to win, and she did win the match. But they did some cool spots in the match. And you know they had they had Nina Samuels get their heat by uh, what do you call it by uh, uh, by Samuels missing I'm sorry Nina I'm screwing the names up Tony Storm missed a spot and then Nina in the corner and then Nina Samuels attacked her and got her heat and that's what you want to do that's good psychology it's simple psychology so it wasn't like the heel out wrestled her. She just moved out the way and then capitalized and showed an extreme sense of urgency uh, in beating up Tony Storm. So Nina Nina Samuels did do that. And she kept the heat on, man. She kept bringing it, and she did a good job of that. And, you know, it worked. It felt right, and it was done well. Um, They showed a good amount of wrestling in the match, too. Some hair pulling here and there, but it's good stuff. Both girls, excellent facial expressions, intensity, Toughness, cardio shape was there. Um, you know, because when Storm started coming up with her comeback, she kept her energy up and she kept the, the intensity up. So it was good. It worked uh, for sure. I mean, it, it's, they, you know, they had a nice false finish in there too. I'm trying to remember the spot where the heel, uh, Sam, near Samuels, I think it was like a, was oh, it was a little sloppy. It was a tilt the roll backbreaker. That's what it was. And it was a little sloppy. It was a false finish. Uh, and you, again, you can see the facial expressions when, if this happens by, uh, Nina, by Nina Samuels, that she was so pissed off at herself that she didn't get the victory. But again, I do, I, am looking forward to seeing these two girls, uh, you know, keep battling either uh, probably separately. There'll probably be a regular stay on this thing here. Um, And, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention a suplex in a match, right? And I did that earlier with Masters match. There was another German suplex in this match I'm talking about by Storm. Um, A quick snap German, which was excellent, by Tony Storm. And it was uh, very intense, and that led into the finish, and um, uh, and, that, and basically and then that that was it. But so right after you see that German, you'll remember, you'll know that you're gonna see the finish, and Tony Storm got the victory on uh, Nina Samuels. So uh, I think they called it a Storm Zero. That's what they did. Storm Zero by the girl who likes Motley Crue. That's uh, Tony Storm. So they're referencing 1980s rock bands, but that's kind of her shtick. So I guess that's why. Um, But, um, all right, so anyways, i got to go to break here in a second, and then I'll get into the rest of the card. Uh, of the uh, the UK deal, um, the NXT UK uh, in two seconds for you guys. So, guys, the Taz Show is supported by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, and you know the deal, right? They're introducing their all new Rate Shield Approval. That's right, Rate Shield Approval. If you're in the market. To buy home, while quick Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop, guys. To get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. That's rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. TAS, rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records, equal housing Lender, licensed in all 50 states, access.org number 3030, and that's a rocket mortgage by Quicken Loans. So there you have it, guys. All right, going to go to break here. Be right back. TAS Show. Sit tight. All right, Javis. We're back here on Mm the TAS show. We're going to get into the main event here of this uh, NXT UK. So, uh, Pete Dunne, you know, he gets after it. Against Noam Dar uh, for the WWE UK Championship match. Um, Intense fight here. Intense match for the most part, I have to say. Um, And you would expect that out of these two guys. I have to say, though, Noam Dar... He looks like he cut some weight. Like he looks pretty ripped. I mean, he looks, I, I you know, he's always in pretty good shape, but I, he looked really, you know, definitely looked ripped. Uh, he looked, he definitely cut some weight. Looks different, changed his body a little bit. They had Johnny Saint, uh, he's the NXT, NXT UK General Manager, so they had him in the ring for the championship match before it, which was which was a, a nice feel, a good feel to make it feel a big deal. So he could shake hands with the two competitors before they have at it. And, um, you know, this match, uh, you know, the champion, Pete Dunne, the bruiserweight, you know, he's got his own style coming out with that belt in his mouth, which is good stuff. Um, He's, you know, this kid knows what he's doing. You know, he's he's just, he really does. His mannerisms are great. He's, He's got that it factor. He's not a gigantic dude. Neither is Noam. But he's another guy who just, his facial expressions are great. You know, they, he's just an oddball type guy, no arm dar. But it was good. At the, the beginning of before he even got into the match, it, it felt like this was big. You know, they made it feel big. And, and they made it feel like a main event. They made it feel like a championship match. And they did a good job of that. The announcers did. Johnny Saint, the ref holding the belt in the air. All that stuff. The heel playing the heel. The babyface playing the babyface. And, you know, they, they did what you would expect, which is the right thing. Uh, just start out, you know, the right way with some strong lockups and some wrestling, you know, and and I think that's the right formula, especially in the UK. UK prides themselves that on on that grappling style, and that catches, catch, catch style, and just wrestle, get in there and mix it up. And they did that uh, early goings into the match, and you know, and it. You know, they obviously settled it down and, and, but, well, when I say settled down, these guys move fast. So I shouldn't say, when I say settle down, I don't mean it like they slowed down. They settled it down uh, after some crazy spots. They did, by the way, oh, I think it was Noam went for like a, a backslide. And then Pete. Countered it and they kind of just kept rotating with this backslide. This both guys back to back, it was funny. It was like mm-hmm. I was getting dizzy watching it. And then uh, the heel got the better of, of done for a good chunk there. But they, they, they're so quick, you know, they, they work like you know, like cruiserweights. I mean, that's how these guys work fast and they do a lot of fast high spots. Some people don't like that. Some people feel like oh, they're not selling and not registering and not. You know, and I, I've never been from that narrative. I mean, I feel like it's about entertainment and about explosiveness and let's get people going. I mean, there was a clothesline Pete Dunn hit Norm Wood when Norm took a good bump, and, and it was super stiff, simple, tight clothesline out of a big, fast running spot. It was great. And then Dunn went into, like, a submission hold while Norm was on, on his belly and he trapped his legs and he had his arm. I mean, it's just it's just what you would think. You know, like, that's how they, they – their match was at quasi, you know, UK style with a 205 for that lack of better terms or an X division style, you know, and the, uh, I'm trying to remember now the heat spot, I think it was a deal was a reversal in the corner where Pete Dunn ended up trying to climb the ropes, turned his back on the top rope and second rope and Noam Da clipped one of his ankles or feet or something whatever, And Pete Dunn took a bad bump and landed hard um. Yeah, I think he clipped his ankle, his right ankle, I think it was, and then there was an opportunity there to get your heat if you are the heel, and uh, and and Noam Dar knows how to do that. He knows how to get his heat for a guy who's not a big guy. He's got really odd mannerisms in the ring, and he did some stuff on the outside, punching like drilling Pete Dunne while he was hanging off the apron, like that type of stuff, intense stuff. You know, it's smart. You know, it's good, it's good heat, and he, he utilized the count so he didn't get counted out. You know, and but yet yeah, took his time like a pro. You know, I liked it. You know, running knee to the face stuff like that, like just really intense stuff. And Pete Dunne kept fighting while he was on the bottom, which is smart. That type of babyface Pete Dunne is. You want to give him hope spots during the match. He did like one of those vertical suplexes, but he let him go in the air. and Norm Dom took a big back bump, and both guys were down. See so who gets up first, and. You know, it's just that the psychology in the match was was spot on. Uh, Pete Dunn stayed strong throughout the match, but so did the heel. There was some good, just, just Pete Dunn was wearing out with punches. Norm Dar in the corner, it was just like nonstop, like a, like he was punching a speed bag. It was awesome. But Norm Dar kept alive and had a reversal, missed spot. He kept, you know, he knew how to keep his heat. But Pete Dunn kept alive. And that's the beauty of when you've got guys that are. Cruiserweights so lighterweight guys, they have that kind of cardio where they could just keep on fucking cooking. And and Pete Dunne looks strong in this match. I mean, this match, I don't normally give percentages on matches, but I it was probably shit. I mean, probably I would say 60-40, Pete Dunn, <clears throat> even though there was heat established by by Noam. Um, Great sit-out powerbomb spot too For a false finish Where Pete Dunn almost got the victory I had that in my notes too That was very good uh, They had just a lot of really good spots Just if you ever seen Any of these guys wrestle It's crisp Pete Dunne stays in that lane Of being a vicious fucking blue-collar guy At one point he grabbed Norm Dar's nose And was fucking grabbing his nose While he was sitting on the ropes Like Pete was on the ropes Shit like that I love shit like that Little stuff like that Street-style stuff Um I love the match. You could tell in my voice. I mean, everything about it, it worked. Um, uh, and these guys, I can watch these guys, two guys work a, a billion times. They get it. They know how to do it. They know what they're doing. They get it done right. Uh, and they bring it. They bring the wood. And uh, um, just they put, had a couple different sets of heat. And even at one point... Um, uh, you know, Norm Dar, Norm Dar he, he ended up getting, it looked like he was going to maybe get a victory. You knew it wasn't going to happen. You knew he wasn't going to lose the title, Pete Dunn. But it felt right. Like, in a really, like a quick Northern Lights, I think it was, throw suplex by Norm Dar. They had a nice false finish there. I mean, it was just, the, the pacing was right for the guys that, that are this size. The feel of it was right. Um, it felt like a big match, like I said at the top of this thing here. It felt like a championship bout. Um, they did some vicious stuff. They always keep Pete Dunne in that lane. That's right. He was trying to rip the fingers apart of Norm Dog, like ripping his fingers all apart. And the both guys on the apron, and, and you know, and they they, they, they did a um, a fisherman buster. That's it. Uh, Norm Dog did a fisherman buster onto Pete Dunne on the apron. Both guys on the outside selling. I mean, they just did a lot of cool shit in the match. I mean. Um, now if you're an old traditionalist wrestling fan, you're going to <laughs> hate the match. You're going to hate it. Cause you're like, ah, holy fucking soul. Nobody did this. Nobody did that. Holy shit. Bah, bah, bah. Ah, stop. It's just, it's a new day. They did a nice wrestling spot too at the end. I had written down a cross arm breaker, a by Pete Dunne, and into a reversal by Noam Dar to an ankle lock, which was real nice. Uh, they they battled out going to the finish. These two guys went punch for punch, clothesline for clothesline, basically standing in the middle of the ring, beating the piss out of each other. And you know it was it was good. It was good shit. Um, good match. You know I highly suggest you go check this thing out. And Pete Dunn was the victor, as I said, and retained his title in a very explosive, stiff, tough match. And uh, and I loved it. I thought it was excellent. Uh, Bruiserweight got the victory right there, baby. So he, he got it, and that was it. So, um, uh, you know... It, it, they're onto something real cool here with this thing. I mean, they, they, now WWE's got a lot of, you know, they got a lot of shows, right? You got Raw, you got SmackDown, you got fucking NXT, you got Divas, you got the 205, now you got the UK. Now, you know, you got a lot of shit going on here. So, you know, it. we've talked about this recently here, all of us. You know, it, it depends, you know, if you want... Non-stop wrestling, you know, all time. You're gonna get it. They're gonna give you a shitload of wrestling. You're gonna get a lot of content. That's my point. And you can't beat the bang for the buck that these fuckers charge us. Let's put it that way. So you just can't. It just can't. And that's that simple. Uh, they they really do. They give you a ton. So I I, I like the the NXT UK for sure. Um, I highly suggest you guys check it out. I thought it was excellent. I enjoyed it very much. And I appreciate you guys downloading this edition of the Taz Show. You know that. Know how much I love you guys. I tell you all the time. And, uh, and spread the word of the show. And if you subscribed, I love you. If you didn't subscribe, subscribe. Just click the little subscribe button. And don't be afraid to spread the word about this. This shit's cool. You know? Work my ass off out on this bitch. Free a week, baby. You know what I mean? Anyway, so I appreciate you guys checking it out, man. I'll talk to you guys soon. Talk to you next week. I'm Taz. You're not. Adios. Said I was raised in the days of my space and screen names back then when I was only worried about my top friends. Now my circle is getting smaller. All these people like acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top 10.